0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Tiebreaker Tennis, the tennis podcast It's part of the Total Sports 24-7 Network. This is Chris Hayes, the host and producer for this podcast and all podcasts across the Total Sports 24-7 Network. Visit our website at totalsports247.podbean.com to access all of our archived episodes across the network. Follow us on Twitter as well, or X, at totalsports two four seven. Consider subscribing to our newsletter weekinweekout.substack.com and please rate and review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts on your favorite podcast app. Today on Tiebreaker Tennis, we're going to be covering the four matches that are taking place tonight and overnight East Coast, but they're the first round, so to speak, of the quarterfinals. And this is going to be a pretty quick episode because there's not a ton to say about these four matches. They are fairly lopsided. We'll cover the women first, and then we'll go to the men's side of things. So the women, they're Uh, quarterfinal matchups today are in the bottom half of the draw. So let's start with sections five and six, and then move to seven and eight. And then on the men's side, we'll do sections one and two, and then three and four. So the first matchup we're going to talk about is Coco Goff versus Marta Kostyuk. So Kostyuk advanced in her section. If you recall, this is the Maria Sakari section, and we had Caroline Wozniacki moving out of this section. Wozniacki lost, shockingly, in the second round to Russian qualifier Maria Timofiva, who ended up making the fourth round. We did not like Sakari or the 10 seed Beatrice Adadmaya in this section, and Sakkari lost in the second round to... Alina uh, Avenisen, and then Maya lost in the third round to Tim Fiva as well. So this was Tim coming out party. Making the fourth round was quite an accomplishment for somebody who had to qualify for the Australian Open and is well outside the top 100. So wins over Elisa Cornet, Caroline Wozniacki, and top 10 uh, Beatrice Maya to get to the fourth round. Really amazing tournament for her. So again, the uh, the player emerging from this section of the draw, Section 5, was Marta Kostic. She took out Elisa Mertens in the second round with a 10-6 tiebreaker win in the third round. She then went on to face Avanesin, who took out Zachary, and beat her in three sets and then cruised past the qualifier, Timofiva. Kostic is a young player. She has been as high as number 32 in the world, which was uh, in August of last year, and she's floating right around sort of top 40 status. She hits the ball really hard, and that's kind of her <laughs> M.O. She just, as far as I can see with her game, she's kind of goes for it on every single point. It's served her well thus far. She has had three three-set matches before, the uh, cruising to victory over Timofeeva in the fourth round. So Kostick is the one who emerges. She's a young player, 21 years old, I believe, and has a, uh, I would say a bright future ahead of her. I'm not sure what her ceiling is. It might be top 20, but who knows? She could maybe even do more than that. And this, this showing here at the open could propel her to getting her ranking up and then being ranked in the... Some of the Masters 1000 tournaments and, or the WTA 1000 tournaments and the and the um, the Grand Slams. It's it's quite possible because, uh, you know, for tournaments like Miami, you just need to be in the top 32, and of course the Grand Slams, you have to be in the top 32 as well. So that could be really important for her moving forward to get that ranking up to be within that top 32 spot. And with all the seeds losing. Not all, but a lot of the seeds losing early in this tournament, the Australian Open. She might be able to take advantage of that and sit in the top 32 for maybe the rest of the year. She gets Coco Goth, who emerged out of Section 6. This one we thought would happen... Not like it's a genius play. It was pretty obvious considering her draw. We had anticipated that Goff would face the winner of the first round matchup between Caroline Garcia and Naomi Osaka. Now, Garcia won that match 6-4, 7-6, but then she she suffered a letdown and lost in the second round to Polish player Magdalena Freck, who has been as high as 63 in the world. So somebody who probably was not considered to be a dangerous player coming into this tournament. And Freck has had an interesting tournament. She had a great win against Garcia. But before that, in the first round, she faced a wild card. In the third round, she faced a qualifier. So fortunate draw for her until she hit the fourth round with Goff. And then Goff beat her one and two. Goff has been on fire this tournament. She has two bagel sets and uh, her only challenging match, and it wasn't even all that challenging, was her second round match against the fellow American, Caroline Doulahide. Um Goff beat her 6-2, and two, and she has just been on fire. We're pleased with the way Alicia Parks played in this tournament. We thought she would be able to get to the third round because we liked her draw against Layla Fernandez. That's exactly what happened. She had nothing for Goff. Goff beat her love in two, but I think the future's bright for Parks, and we like that she got to the third round and kind of like with Kochik maybe could build on this moving forward. She's not going to get to top 32 anytime soon. She need, She needs more victories and more tournaments, but Either way, you know, a win over a seeded player is something that she can have confidence in. And with that serve, she can beat almost anybody on any given day. So the matchup is Goff versus Kostic in the first round. They have played once before. They played in Adelaide in 2022. Goff took that one in three sets. We think Goff will take this one in two sets. We're going to get to our betting recommendations at the end of the episode, It's going to be an interesting bet recommendation, and you'll see why when we get to it. The next part of the draw, section seven and eight, we have Barbara Krajikova and Irina Sabalenka. So Krajikova emerged from her section. We didn't think she would. We said that we would put her third, but technically, I guess it would be second because we had Mira Andreva moving through this, and then if... Andreva didn't. We would have had Anjabor moving through, but Andreva and Jabor played each other. So ultimately, we thought the winner of the Jabor-Andreva match would take out Krajikova. That did not happen. Krajikova ended up winning against Mira Andreva, 4-6, 6-3, 6-2, to move into the quarterfinals. Kujikov is a good player. She's an excellent doubles player and she's been consistent. She doesn't really have like the one a uh, uh, an intimidating weapon to hurt her opponents with, but she's a she can battle. This is, she's had three three-set matches out of her four. And again, she has that doubles experience that uh, translates well to singles because so few of the top players are that great at doubles and play it consistently. Goff and Pagula are a great team. And then Krajikova is up there in doubles as well. But there aren't too many other players who play the doubles circuit all that all that regularly. And um, we we think that has uh, helped Krajikova in this tournament. and We think it will help moving forward. So she emerged out of her section and she'll face Sabalenka. We love Sabalenka so far. We think she's had a uh, the tournament that we thought she would have uh, four straight set victories, and uh, nobody has threatened her whatsoever. Uh, Amanda Nisamova had a great return to tennis with uh, a fourth round uh, uh, showing. She beat Paula Bedosa in the third round. Uh, her, I mean, that might even be her best win. Yes, she did take out the 13 seed. Uh, Samsonova in the first round, but is a former top five player who I think is probably better than Samsonova. So really good showing for Anisimova coming back after taking a break from the tour. So she has to be pleased with her uh, fourth round output uh, here. Um, Sabalenka has beaten uh, Qualifier in the first round, Qualifier in the second round. She took out the 26 seed uh, Serenko. Love and love. And then she beat Anissa Mova. We think she'll beat Krajikova as well. These two have played six times with Sabalenka holding a 5-1 to edge. Krajikova's only win against Sabalenka came in the quarterfinals of Dubai. When I think Sabalenka was... Uh, this might have been when she was having like her serving issues. Krajikova won that match. Love 6-7-6-6-1. Six, 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 so a topsy-turvy match. And again, that's Krajikova's only win. Uh, Other matches that they had last year, uh, Indian Wells, Sabalenka took that one in three sets. Miami, Sabalenka won three and two in the round of 16, and then they met in the round of 16 in Stuttgart as well, and Sabalenka won two and three. We expect a similar scoreline. Maybe Kujinkovic will put up more of a resistance than two and three, but we expect a straight set win from Sabalenka nonetheless. On the men's side, again, this is the top half of the draw. In section one, we basically called this section the way it worked out. Novak Djokovic easily moving through to the quarterfinals. He faced Adrian Manorino, which we thought would happen. We didn't think it would be love, love, and three. We definitely thought it would be a straight-set victory because... Manorino, as we mentioned, his weapon is his ability to get the ball back, and that is not something that's going to hurt Djokovic whatsoever. Manorino's big win was against Ben Shelton in the third round. That match was over four and a half hours, and Manorino took it in five sets. We just don't think Shelton is ready to take the next step. We uh, question his uh, just his mindset. We we it, it feels like he thinks he's further ahead than he actually is, and uh, his... his He's just inconsistent. He still hits the ball too hard, and uh, can f- f- can come up upon a lot of errors. And. He needs to clean that up, and he his, his approach just needs to be a little bit different before he can get into the top 10 and stay there consistently. We we want him to humble himself. Maybe we'll put it that way. And if he does, the sky's the limit for him. We just don't know that it's going to happen anytime soon, unfortunately. So Manorino, a less talented player, was able to get by Shelton, bowed down easily to Djokovic, and now Djokovic is in the quarterfinal, again, with little resistance in his draw. In section two, we really like what we've seen out of Taylor Fritz so far. He battled in his first round match against Diaz Acosta, winning it in five sets, took out the lucky loser Gaston in the second round, uh, beat uh, the um, Hungarian player Fabian Morosan, who is uh, young and up and coming, but not there yet. Uh, Beat him in four sets. And then his best match by far was his fourth round match against the seven seed Stefano Sitsipas, beating him 7-6, 5-7, 6-3, 6-3. We weren't sure that Sitsipas was going to get to the fourth round. We thought Jordan Thompson would pull off an upset in the second round. That didn't happen. Sitsipas beat Thompson in four sets and looked pretty good in the tournament before coming up against Fritz. But Pass, we just wonder if he has peaked. There's still plenty of time for Pass to get over this kind of hump of uh, always a bridesmaid. Never a bride, really. You know, he has made the finals of the Australian Open. He made it last year. So he still has, you know, that ability to get to finals in majors. He's going to lose some points and he might even fall outside the top 10. But, you know, it's all still there for Pass. He's just got to be more consistent. So we like Fritz uh the way he's looked. We think he looks fitter as well, stronger and in better shape. So we're excited about the season that Fritz can have. A quarterfinal matchup is great for him. He also needs to get uh uh over that hump of just making it to the quarterfinals and sort of nothing else. He hasn't made um anything past the quarterfinal so far. His quarterfinal at the US Open last year was only the second quarterfinal in a major that he's ever made, and he only has a 55% winning percentage at majors overall. So in order for him to take that leap and be a mainstay in the top 10, he's got to do better at the majors. Back-to-back quarterfinal appearances will uh, should do well for his confidence, and Uh, Again, we like what we've seen from him so far. We think it's unfortunate that he gets Djokovic in the quarterfinal, and we do think he'll lose. He has lost eight of eight head-to-head matches against Djokovic. Seven of those matches were straight-set victories for Novak. The only time they did not have an encounter that was not a straight-set match was in the Australian Open in 2021. Djokovic beat him in five sets. Other than that, everything has been so straightforward. They played at the U.S. Open in Fritz's uh, first quarterfinal uh, appearance at the Open, and Jovac, jo- uh, Djokovic beat him 1-4-4. Four, and four. We're hoping it's not a 1-4-4 four, and four scoreline. We think Fritz has the ability to take a set off of Novak here. Novak's wrist looks fine. Apparently, that was uh, not a concern like we thought it could have been going into the tournament. But w- we expect Djokovic to get through this match. And maybe a four-set victory. We we hope that Fritz can take a set off of him. In sections three and four, we have Yannick Sinner facing off against Andre Rublev. We uh, said in our uh, last episode, we think this is the time for Sinner to win. We think he's going to win this tournament, and he is playing. World-class tennis so far. Straight set victory over Van de Janslip in the first round. Straight set victory over Jasper de Jong, a qualifier, in the second round. Straight set victory... I'm oh, sorry. Love one and three against Sebastian Baez, the twenty sixteen in the third round. Straight set victory over former semi finalist Karen Atrashov, four five and three. We think he is on absolute fire, and we don't know that anybody is stopping him unless it's uh, Djokovic or Alcaraz. So we'll see if that uh, those matchups materialize as the uh, quarterfinals take place. But Sinner's just been on a roll. His his draw it was decent. I will say that looking at the draw at the beginning of the tournament, it didn't look like there was a ton of resistance and that has proven to be the case. He faces off against Andre Rublev, who we did not think was going to get to the quarterfinal, but has uh, shown some guts so far in this tournament. He's had two five-set victories. Uh, We were further encouraged, honestly, that he wasn't going to get to the quarterfinal by his first round uh, victory. He won 10-6 in the fifth set tiebreak against Say Both Wild, the uh, Brazilian. And we thought to ourselves, yep, this is going to be an- another, uh, another uh, uh, Grand Slam where Rublev underperforms. You know, he's only been as high as a quarterfinal appearance. He's made a lot of quarterfinals, but he hasn't gotten past that stage. We don't think he's going to get past that stage in this tournament either. But again, good wins. Third round, he took out our favorite to emerge from this section, Sebi Korda. He took him out in straight sets, and then he beat the favorite uh, Australian, Dimonor, in five. I didn't watch this match, but it looks like Dimonor maybe faded a little bit as Rublev won in five sets, last two sets being three and love. So they have a 4-2 head-to-head record, Sinner and Rublev. So it's a little bit closer than what we saw with Fritz and Djokovic. Uh, Rublev has beaten Sinner on an indoor hardcourt and on clay. And likewise for... Sinner and his four matches against Rublev. He's also beaten him on an outdoor hard court. They played in the round of 16 in Miami last year, and Sinner took that two and four. That's the surface that they've played that's most similar, and it's the most recent matchup. So we expect that uh, Sinner will uh, play really well, like he has been throughout the tournament, and uh, continue to win, and then ultimately face Novak Djokovic in the semifinals. That's what we're calling for. So the bet we're going to play, these are the four matches that are taking place today. The rest of the quarterfinals are taking place place tomorrow. We're going to softly recommend a four-pick parlay of all the favorites. So the favorites are right now on DraftKings. Novak is minus 1,000 against Fritz Sinner, minus 390 against... Rublev, Goff, minus 900 against Kotsiak. And then Sabalenka, minus 700 against Krajikova. If you take all four to win, a four-pick parlay would be still a minus play at minus 133. A $10 bet would pay out 1754. That's going to be the recommendation that we make. We'd honestly probably stay away in general. But if you are looking for something to bet the way to make it worth something is to bet all the favorites as a four-pick parlay. Again, Goff, Sabalenka, Djokovic, and Sinner all to win. Parlaying that would be still a four-pick parlay, minus $133, $10 bet, paying out $17.54. So that'll do it for this episode of Tiebreaker Tennis. We will be back tomorrow to cover the rest of the quarterfinals. Enjoy the tennis overnight, and we'll see you tomorrow.